0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, PA. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This kicks off week one of our Christmas series, Unwrapping the Perfect Gift. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to the month of December at Valley Point Church. It's great to see you. The second Advent candle has now been lit, which means we're getting closer to celebrating the arrival of a baby who changed everything, a baby who brought a level of compassion the world had never known, a baby that lived the most intentional kind of missional life, one of giving his way, his life away to serve other people selflessly. A baby who literally divided time. That's Jesus. And he is driving our conversations this month. It's kind of interesting because the gift of Jesus, this perfect gift, is something that demands our attention. And that's what a perfect gift will do, won't it? It just demands our attention. Let me ask you this. Have you ever received a perfect gift? That when you opened it up and you saw it, you just said, That's a perfect gift for me. Has that ever happened for you? I can remember a Christmas several years ago when Tanya and I had only been married for a few years. We were at her parents' house celebrating Christmas. And I remember being very excited about that day and we got up and we started to open up presents and her mother-in-law or my mother-in-law delivered a present to me and I opened that up and it was a box of donuts from a reputable donut institution. For those of you who know me, I love donuts. Like, I don't think you can make a bad donut unless you put walnuts on it or something. I have my favorite kind of donuts, but you really can't make a bad donut. And so this is a perfect gift for me, a box of donuts. I'm loving this. Well, you know where this is going to go, right? So I open up the box, and inside of the box, no donuts. Instead, there's three pairs of socks. True story socks now i don't have a problem with socks i wear them i find them to be usable but putting socks inside of a donut box is terribly wrong all of the time and of course everybody's having a wonderful time laughing at me but it was a bad christmas because that was not a perfect gift fortunately since then i have received many perfect gifts what about you Have you ever received a perfect gift that just demanded all of your attention? We begin a new series today called Unwrapping the Perfect Gift. And as we move through the Advent season, I want all of us to focus on and to be thinking about gifts, which shouldn't be difficult for us because we have many visuals of gifts right here in front of us, and it is Christmas. So let's be honest, can we? Gifts are great, aren't they? And I know we often say it's not about gifts, but let's just keep it real. It's about the gifts, isn't it? The giving and the receiving of gifts. This is a really fun thing, and I don't think we have to feel bad about that. I believe the question becomes, what makes a gift perfect? And as we move through Advent, I want to answer that question. So let's begin, okay? Here's our big idea for today, and that is, a perfect gift is intentional. That's what it is. And I want us to think about this now in relationship to the gift of Jesus. And so if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to look at one verse today. It's verse 4. Galatians is in the New Testament. If you find the book of Matthew, that's the first book in the New Testament. And if you keep turning to the right, eventually you'll find the book of Galatians in chapter 4. Galatians was written by a guy named Paul to a group of believers in a region called Galatia. And he often traveled there, and so he knew about this group of believers, and he wrote to them, because he wanted to encourage them. Now, here's what we're going to discover when we read verse 4. We're going to see that these are some powerful words that help us understand how extremely intentional God was in giving to us the perfect gift of Jesus. And so as we walk through this, as we read this, I want you to think about how intentional how purposeful God is being in giving to you and giving to me, giving to the world this perfect gift called Jesus. So here's Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, But when the right time came, God sent his Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Let's all read that together. Ready? But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Now, this is kind of an interesting verse because it would appear that there's a lot of activity here. It seems that God is up to something. It sounds like an advent. It sounds like an arrival. And so what I want to do is I want to take these four sets of words, these four little statements that are found in verse 4 and kind of unpack them and tease them out so we just get an understanding of how incredibly intentional God is and how we can be super encouraged with that. So here's the first statement. But when the right time came, that word right there actually means completeness or fullness. And so when the fullness or when the completeness of time came, that word time actually comes from the Greek word chronos. And from that word, we get chronology, which is speaking of time. So get this now. When the right time came, or when time was complete, when time was full, something happened. Here's what happened. God sent his son. Now, this might seem like four normal words put together, but there's a lot that's happening. It's actually very complex because it starts with God. And here's what the inventor and the creator is doing. It's really unique. It says God sent. Now, we would normally look at that word and say, okay, God sent something or someone to go and do Something hopefully good, but the idea of that word sent there means so much more than just go. The word sent actually means to send with a purpose or to send for a mission. All right, so get this now when time was full, when time was complete, something happened, and here's what happened. God sent someone out for a purpose. He sent someone out on a mission. And who did he send? Well, God sent his son. He sent Jesus. All right, are you getting this? Like, is this making sense? This is really exciting here. When time was complete, when time was full, God sprung into action and he sent his son Jesus to fulfill a purpose and a mission. And the mission that he sent him for was to win back God's prized creation and that's you and that's me. And so all of this speaks to the great intention of God to reach out and rescue what he loves the most. And that's us. That's people. This is how intentional God is do, is being. He, he sends out His Son for a purpose. Here's the third phrase. It says He was born of a woman, which speaks of His miraculous birth and how there was no earthly father involved in this process. And then the last phrase is He was subject to the law, which speaks of His willingness to serve. He who was truly God became a human and Jesus put on the clothing of a servant. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Except for God, because he was being intentional about rescuing all of us. So here are these four phrases. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. And that's what makes Jesus the perfect, most intentional gift. Now, let's ratchet up more of the intention, all right? These four phrases, here's what they are. They're actually fulfilled prophecy that God gave out thousands of years before Jesus ever arrived. God began to drip out bits of information about how he would send a rescuer to save us and to redeem us and to pay the price for our sins. And God is giving out this information and different human authors were recording this, even though it's not information that they ever could have known on their own. And the likelihood Think about this now. The likelihood and the probability of these predictions or these prophecies coming true hundreds or even thousands of years later with any amount of accuracy is nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible. But God's not a liar. He's not. And the perfect gift of Jesus was intentional how intentional well very intentional and that's good news for each and every person in here God was very intentional with this perfect gift of Jesus now here's what I want us to think about for a little bit let's think about God and we've already talked about how when time was full when time was complete When it was right, God sprung into action, and here's what He did He sent His Son out on a mission. God, the Creator, the Inventor, loved us so much that He intentionally sent the gift of Jesus. And here's what we know about the gift of Jesus it is perfect, and it is intentional. It is the most amazing gift ever. And God thought about all of this. And when time was complete, He sent His Son. All of this, all of these different statements and all of these thoughts are actually fulfilled prophecies that we find delivered in the Old Testament. And they're now coming true with the advent or the arrival of Jesus. Now, here's what's really interesting. These prophecies that were given in the Old Testament were written approximately 1450 to 430 BC before Christ. And so all of these different statements that we find about. What Jesus would do and where he would be born and what he would accomplish are happening thousands and hundreds of years before he ever arrived. This all speaks to the great intention of God. What was written several years before he ever came comes true with his advent or when time was complete or full. Now, I want us to think about the power Of five let's do that for a few minutes does anyone here have the ability to think about what's going to happen or accurately predict with any amount of precision what's going to happen in the next five years yeah where will i be and what will i be doing and what will be going on in the world in the next five years Well, one of the things we know and we understand about time is it is moving. It's very hard to know what's going to happen in a few weeks, let alone a few years, or how about five years? So let's just have some fun. In five years, how good or bad will the Eagles be? (laughs) Nobody knows. In five years, how about the 76ers? that's, That's probably a bad illustration. I think we know what's happening there. How about your family in five years? Where will you be and where will different members of your family be? What about your work in five years? What is that going to look like? And will you be in the same place doing the same things or will there be adjustments? See, I walk through that because five, just thinking about five years from now is very challenging. And we are really not able to predict with any level of accuracy what's going to be happening five years from now. I want you to consider the intention of God now. Because not only did he talk about what would happen with the advent of Christ five years before he arrived, it was five to 15 centuries before he came. Jesus begins to arrive and God drips out this information about what this is going to look like and what is going to happen. See, that's how intentional God was with the perfect gift of Jesus. God, at the right time, when it was full, when it was complete, he sent the perfect gift of Jesus and we begin to see all of these different fulfilled prophecies and it is really an amazing thing that helps us to understand. God thought through this. And he thought through it for you and for me. See, we've got to personalize this. God did this for us. Now, I want to share just one prophecy with you. There are many, but I want to share one with you that speaks of the intentionality of God. We find it in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. There is a prophecy there that shares with us the town in which Jesus would be born. Now, before I read that, I want you to consider this. Micah was written 700 years before Jesus was actually born. So G- uh, Micah's not going to meet Jesus. This is not information that Micah is going to know unless it is revealed to him by God. There's no way he can predict this. But here's what we find in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. And there is almost total agreement amongst biblical scholars that this is a reference to the arrival of Jesus, that he would be born in the town of Bethlehem. Here's Micah, 700 years before Jesus arrived, saying, yeah, he's coming, he's going to arrive and he's going to be born in that place. Well, did that happen? Here's Luke chapter 2, verse 4. We're now getting into the arrival of Jesus, and it says, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Did he really have to go? See, often we kind of gloss over that, and that's not a big statement to us, but when you understand 700 years before this event, God, through an author, said he's going to be born in this town, and God is working behind the scenes to arrange all of this. Of course Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, because that's where Jesus is going to be born. And so that makes this statement all of a sudden very rich, very meaningful. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, david's ancient home he traveled there from the village of nazareth in galilee and he took with him mary his fiance who was now obviously pregnant it's kind of a funny statement don't you think all right maybe it's just funny to me it's okay to laugh at scripture once in a while right like there's mary and wow Mary's obviously pregnant. It is clear she is ready to go. Verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first child, a son, and they named him Jesus. Now, we often focus on the Jesus part being born, but what's interesting about this prophecy from Micah that we see being lived out in Luke chapter 2 is that it eliminates all other cities and all other towns around the world where Jesus could be born, and it puts him directly in Bethlehem. And it happens. What's really unique and interesting about Bethlehem is it's just a small, little, insignificant Tiny town, like nothing great happened in Bethlehem until the arrival of Jesus. Nothing really important went down in that tiny little no-good town. And I'm sure that when Micah wrote that and people began to read, wow, a rescuer is coming, a Messiah. He's going to arrive and he's going to be born where? In that dumpy little town? Like, come on, Micah. Let's pick somewhere a little more spectacular. Let's pick a town that is a little more interesting than Bethlehem. But in Luke, we see it fulfilled prophecy. And this is just one. It's just one. There's a lot more. Listen, this doesn't happen by dumb luck. It doesn't. 700 years before Jesus was born, someone said it will happen in the town of Bethlehem. That does not happen by dumb luck. All of this speaks to the great intention of God, and it helps us to understand the power and the depth of Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the right time came, when time was complete, when time was full, here's what God did. He sent his son on purpose. He sent his son on a mission to rescue all of us. He was born of a woman. He was subject to the law. That's the great intention of God, and that's what makes a gift perfect. Let me give you some takeaways. Number one, as you approach a busy season, strengthen your trust in God now. It's a busy season, isn't it? Even right now, you're probably thinking of things that you have to do and places that you have to go. It's busy for everybody, all right? This is not new information. We all know what's coming. It's busy for you. It's busy for me. Again, not new. So I think we can kind of get over how busy everybody is because it's the same for everyone. So I think what we need to focus on and what we need to think about is before all of that, let's take some time right now and get into the lane of marveling at how intentional God was for you and for me. And just give yourself permission to go there. And before everything crowds in, let's just step back and let's marvel at God and everything that he put together and everything that he put in motion for all of us so that we could have a forever friendship with him. Let's just marvel at that. I mean, let yourself do that. You know, many of you have walked through difficult days, weeks, years. And maybe it's even been years stacked together where you're looking for and you're wanting the favor of God in your life. And it's just been one difficult thing after another, after another. I would submit to you that if you take time during this Advent season and step aside and just marvel at the intentionality of God, that he will bring a level of peace into your life that will not make those other things go away, but will help you put proper perspective on them in light of how big God is. And how big is he? He's enormous. He's huge. But often we allow other stuff to become bigger than him, and so the challenge is, let's just step aside now Now, before everything crowds in, and let's just marvel at the intentionality of God for you and for me. I think it'll help us navigate all of the other stuff that comes our way. Secondly, Jesus is God's perfect gift. He just is. And God really thought through this. He really thought through this. It's the perfect gift for me. It's the perfect gift for you. So the question is, have you responded to the gift of Jesus? Have you trusted in him alone to save you? Have you embraced his leadership and his forgiveness? If you have, then how is that changing your life right now? Because it should be. If you have never trusted in Jesus alone, if that's just something you haven't done for whatever reason, then the question is, what's keeping you from doing that? Jesus is God's perfect, intentional gift. Take it. Take it. Open it up and enjoy it because it is for you. And he is God's perfect gift for us. For us. A perfect gift is intentional. The perfect gift was intentional. Father, we're thankful for some time on this first Sunday here in December to consider your perfect gift, perfect gift of Jesus, and how you put together an amazing plan to send Him And he would rescue us and redeem us. And that happens when we trust in him alone. God, this didn't just happen. You thought through this. You were so intentional with sending the gift of Jesus. And I pray right now that you would help me and you would help everybody in here to just marvel at you and your intentionality. God, would you help us to do that? And then, God, if we've trusted in this intentional gift, would you help us to live it out this week at school, at home, in our communities, in our places of work? God, would you use us to be your hands and feet? God, if we haven't done that, I pray that you would help each individual to just respond to you that hasn't done that yet, that they would open up the gift of Jesus. It is for them. So, God, we give this day and we give this month to you. And even now, we take a few moments and just marvel at you. We want to do that. God, help us as we continue to respond to you now. And throughout this month, as we unwrap the perfect gift, God, challenge us and change us, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.